0: You're listening to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morilo and we've got a great roundtable lined up for you today. Now this podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode we'll be diving deeply into a variety of topics that keep you inspired. Sometimes we're going to be interviewing thought leaders and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations tackling the challenging issues of our times. And that's what we're up to today. We've gathered together some incredible change makers to talk about marketing in the new era of business. The opportunities we have as marketers to support positive transformation in our world. But before I introduce today's guests, I have a simple request. I'd be so grateful if you would share this podcast with your friends or colleagues. I'd love as many people to know about this as possible. And would you please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or whatever app that you're listening to us on. It's so helpful. It enables the algorithms to find us, helps people find our community, and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people, so thank you. Now, today we actually have four guests with us in Roundtable today. The first is Justin Sturges, essentially an artist, musician, and storyteller. Justin's passion is in helping underdogs build amazing businesses through online marketing. He's an award-winning author and a regional director in the Duct Tape Marketing Network. His main business focus is in helping local service-based businesses to get considerable results from their online presence. In addition, he recently realized a dream and moved his business to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Welcome Justin.
1: Thanks, Jane. Really great
0: to be here. Oh, I'm I'm so pleased you could join us. Just thrilled. I'm looking forward to this <sighs> conversation. Can't tell you all oh my gosh, I got my dogs. <sighs> Okay, next we have Andrea Shukis. As an MBA and a Corporate Marketing Director, Andrea provided strategic marketing solutions to large tech companies for over 25 years. In 2017, she founded Vivant Marketing Group to pursue her longtime passion, bringing top-tier marketing to small businesses. Today, she helps building, remodeling, and home services companies across the US to grow and ignite their businesses. So welcome, Andrea.
2: Thanks, so happy to be with you today, Jane.
0: (laughs) Another person that I'm excited you're with us. Yes, so so grateful you're with us, Andrea. Next, we have Myrna Schirmer. Myrna is the founder of Artessa Marketing. And for over 20 years, Myrna has directed complex turnkey projects and integrated marketing campaigns for a variety of verticals, organizations, and industries, both on the agency and non-agency side. Today she works with small business owners to find and fill gaps in their current marketing, developing step-by-step plans that take the guesswork out of copy and messaging and transform marketing into a predictable and profitable growth system. Welcome, Myrna. Thank you so much for having me here today. Excited to have your voice in our conversation, Myrna. Okay next we have Michael Quinn. Now Michael is a search engine marketing specialist and SEO agency owner. He has seen firsthand the impact SEO can have on small businesses and has made it his mission to help transform small businesses using Google. He has a passion for simplifying complex SEO concepts for the average small business owner to understand. He lives in Fargo, North Dakota with his wife and two sons. So welcome Michael.
3: Thanks, Jane. I love everything you're doing with the podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Michael. And we're excited that you're with us today in this conversation. Okay. Now before we start, I want our listeners to know that we're recording this in September 2020 and right now different parts of the world are releasing the restrictions that we've had in place in response to the pandemic and there is talk of a second wave coming this fall in different countries and we still have something of a question mark, let's say, around the future. So let me open the conversation today to all of you with something of a a personal question, I think, linked to our topic, which is, what have you found to be most challenging about the pandemic and the restrictions that we find ourselves dealing with right now?
1: Well, I'll jump in to start. I mean, one of the things that's, you know, and I don't want this conversation to go on the political side, but you cannot deny all the crazy, Stuff that's going on on both sides of the aisle on social media and, you know, throughout the world and just even coping with that while you're trying to deal with all the other things going on is, I think people have to admit, is a challenge.
0: There's certainly a lot going on, <laughs> Justin. I agree.
4: I think one of the challenges that I'm seeing, um, especially with my clients, for example, is um, that people are struggling to figure out exactly what it is that they want to say. Um, right. It just, some of the marketing especially early on back in March and April felt so awkward you heard of brands that you didn't hear from you know for years and right. um, and now suddenly you know they they they're telling you how much they care about you <laughs> and so um, a lot <laughs> of it felt inauthentic and so I think we're coming back to to now having a little bit more authentic people are starting to find their footing a little bit better
2: mm. Yeah. I would I would tap into what Myrna's saying, and I've realized the same thing. And even though you know I don't serve per se coaches and things in my industry, which is largely remodeling, it's all about people, and it's all about connecting and really listening to what is it that they need. How can mm-hmm. we sincerely help them, uh, not just saying the words, but but really digging in and knowing how we can serve better. Mm-hmm. And so I think from that, a lot of these changes uh, have come through, at least in in my industry. Mm. lovely
3: well i touch on each uh topic that you guys brought up but um uh, with justin's point that i think with all this COVID 19 in um in the united states we've definitely seen this polarizing you know you you feel like you've either got to be on one side or the other and our social media feeds you know on top of everything else going on in our country is is just filled with um a lot of divisive stuff so it's how do you uh, you know as a marketer as a business owner you know, cut through that and kind of um, stick with business as usual, Uh, you know, it's, it's challenging.
4: Mm. I think adding on to that just a little bit, um, one of the things I have seen, and I'm in in an area, um, I'm in Memphis, um, which, which is got already kind of a divide um, and surprising lack of diversity. Um, We've, we've got a, A huge divide between kind of the have and have not and what we're seeing is a much bigger divide now um, with everything from healthcare to digital access and you know our school system here in our county just started virtual um, and and they had to distribute several hundred thousand iPads, laptops, um, and Wi Fi devices, people don't have Wi Fi, you know, here. Uh, so, So there's a huge divide, not just in messaging, but in accessibility to to information and accessibility to education. Yeah.
0: And that's a great point and I love the fact that you're all raising like a, a wide variety of challenges that are around right now because I know that um, a lot of us are feeling this and sometimes we can't quite put our finger on what's making us feel ungrounded or not knowing or uncertain about you know how to live, how to message, how to be online, all these things and particularly when we own a business I think somehow this has created a crucible for us business owners where we're all almost like in the, in the fire <laughs> with it, and, and, and people are looking to us for guidance. You know, our clients are looking to us for, okay, well, how can you help us? So, I want to dig into some of what you've talked about, but before we do, I just want to give our audience um, a little bit of background on marketing because I know we have a number of people who are not marketers. Of course, they've heard the word, right? And a lot of our audience are business owners or business leaders. Now, of course, they've heard the word, but what does marketing mean? Because our title today is Marketing the New Era of Business. But if we could just let people know, like, like what is marketing? Can you give us some like brief explanations of what it is? Because I know it's a huge topic. You know,
2: I'll, I'll jump into that one because <laughs> I, it was actually a very interesting question because as a, as a career marketer, I myself had trouble answering that question um, and making it very clear and easy to understand for people. And so when I really think about it, um, I said to myself, well, it, just because you have a product or service does not mean that people will come and people will buy it. So I think at its highest level, marketing is about connecting buyers to sellers um, and their products and services that they offer. And then there's many, many, many more layers to that, of course, but that is at a high level um, how I think about it.
1: To me, there's kind of two extremes and most people are kind of in the middle, but one extreme is your product is so unique and different and remarkable that you almost don't need to market because word of mouth just takes over the world for you and the the other side is you know sort of the big business with the big fat marketing budget that really doesn't do anything that great so they have to have this big marketing budget to just make the wheels turn on their business and most of us kind of fall between somewhere Um, you know, in in that realm where we need to get, we need to get out there a little bit and let people know that we're, that we're there. But, you know, a lot of small businesses have that ability to have a a unique message and, you know, do something in in a cool, different way that the big ones can't. And and that's kind of, to me, what's so fun about it, Mm. being able to highlight those things and help people go out and do those kinds of, you know, do those kinds of businesses.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So I'd say... On a high level, it's that promoting your products and services, but um, On that deeper level, it's how, how do you show that you're exceptional as a business, you know, as a brand as a person. And a lot of that is through things like advertising and what we think of as traditional marketing, but a lot of that comes from, you know, how you're actually treating your customers, but um, I think average companies and and average um, businesses will just do the typical, hey, marketing is us selling our products or services. Great businesses will show that they're exceptional and it it has to come from here. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's all about people and we're all a part of this. So whether we call ourselves marketers or, or, you know, sellers or buyers or whatever, we're all in this together and how we speak about the products and services that that our clients sell, even we are our own business and and products that we sell. And, you know, I think also there's, as I thought about this deeper, um, there's a distinction in marketing, I think between good marketing and bad marketing. And that doesn't mean you're doing things necessarily well or by the book, but I look at how bad marketing, for example, manipulates. Um, It can be about hype, about interrupting customers, about uh, pressuring them to do and buy something that maybe isn't really something they need or want. Uh, Maybe even scamming people into buying something that isn't proven, um, and so it's a little bit about truth. And so that good marketing on the other side, I try to think of is it's a positive force for our world. It's what we need. It's really effective in understanding our customers' worldviews, I think, and desires a little bit so that, so that we can then connect with them. And that's the essence of, of where we go with this.
1: Absolutely,
4: Andrea. Later. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of surprised this group didn't, didn't actually call marketing, um, a system. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a tactic. I know that, <laughs> well, no, it, it's a tactic also, but I mean, it is a system. Um, yeah. I, I feel like if you don't, uh, it's a system that allows you to sell, uh, not just one-on-one, but actually sell to somebody 24 seven anywhere you are. Um a lot of us, you know I mean we're having this conversation in you know in in several countries and and it it allows us to to be able to communicate and and share our message um, to a broader group of people. But without having a system um, in in what I would call a marketing system, we really can't do any of that. Um, so I, you know more than anything, I see that system being a conduit between, what customers expect and what a brand provides um, mm. and, and the story that it can tell about how it's different and what it does and how it
0: meets the expectations of, of a consumer.
4: Um, I really see it as that conduit more than anything.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I love how you're speaking to the connections and the relationship and Michael, you brought up the heart and, you know, and, and this is what I think is at the heart of very good marketing is, is when we, you know because there's a lot of talk isn't there about like b2c b2b and for me it's about time we became h to h like how do we go human to human right and and that's what i'm hearing all of you talk about which feels really quite inspiring to me and i'll, I'll say this because um there was a long time where i would say i didn't like online marketing at all. <laughs> I was like, keep me away from whatever this is. This is not what I want for my business. And it's been so heartening to get to know all of you um, in the duct tape marketing uh, community and really understand that this is actually, like you say, Andrea, a positive force for good in the world that is something we can do. So I want to ask you because it's just bubbling up for me like what are the mistakes that people make what are the mistakes that you see that would really help our listeners to hear to see if they're doing it too <laughs> like what are the mistakes that you get in your client base that you see a lot of
4: I think one of the, the biggest mistakes that I see is that um, inconsistency yeah um, and so what they do is uh, you know, Marketing is, and again, it comes back to that whole systems approach is that um, You can build one portion of it and you can then you jump into something else and you're trying tactics, you know, and you're trying things that work and just because they don't work right away or because you didn't build out the rest of the system. things don't work as well as you'd expect them to or, or you don't you didn't message correctly or you didn't listen to what your audience really needs um and and so you're just kind of jumping from one thing to another and and you're really guessing at it what it works or you're saying well marketing doesn't work and you know or i've had clients who say well my, nobody goes to my website and i say well what do your analytics say and they go we don't have google analytics connected Well, then how do you know your marketing isn't working or that people aren't coming to your website? So um, I think it's there's this fallacy that marketing doesn't work or that it has to be salesy and it doesn't have to be either one of those.
0: Yeah. And I think I want to thank you for bringing up the system piece, because it took me a number of years to realize that marketing was a system. And, you know, when I first came to the States and, and Nick and I were trying to move business that was mainly offline into online, because all of our cu- customers were still in Europe, <laughs> um, you know, I would go to a, a training program or a conference or something, and I'd learn a piece of a system, but I never knew it was just a piece. It was presented as the whole system. And this went on for about five years where we would get a piece but it didn't work because it wasn't embedded in a in a system that would work. So well, and if you if,
4: if you think about the buyer's journey, right? I mean nobody nobody goes and just does one siloed no. piece of marketing. You're you know, you're on mobile devices, you're on a laptop, you're doing search engines, um, you're on social media, there's email. That there, all of those things have to have consistent messaging that that's that you have to really understand how people are using. Uh, digital nowadays and and there are a lot of components and if you just focus on one part of it uh, You're not going to be effective, right? right. Yeah. And, you know in, in the world that I'm in
1: which is helping a lot of like, local service-based businesses But I see this working across the globe pretty much is that that sort of authenticity like being totally authentic to who you really are and so many people think they have to get fancy or get polished or say things a way they wouldn't say them or, or use a stock photo. Cause it's prettier. If you, you got to throw all that stuff out the window. And when you are really who you are and you get your messaging tied on that, that aligns with that, it's amazing. You actually start landing plenty of business and it's the kind of business that actually fits your business really well. You know, if you're a little business and you try and look big, you're probably not going to convert really well. And if you do, there's going to be a total misalignment. But if you're like, hey, we're a little business and that's what's cool about us. And, you know, you show your people, show whoever, whatever it is. And that tends to work really, really well um, in those two ways. It converts well and it brings the right people in. So I think anybody um, you know, should consider that and not get too fancy
2: yeah i i totally agree with what justin's saying on that and i think we businesses often want to be everything to everybody Mm -hmm. um and and it's really an art to try to take them down to finding what we call their ideal client because it is that authenticity and i think once people can really say okay i've let go of the entire world that i'm trying to attract we can really focus do our best work they can do their best work because they're now appealing to the same, ta- to the right target audience, and it's a win win on both sides. And I think that is what success is all about.
3: I'm just gonna say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love the <laughs> authenticity piece. Um, I, I, that couldn't be more spot on. Uh, I think customers are attracted to brands and businesses that they see as authentic. I, too, work with a lot of small businesses and I think the the problem that I see from a lot of small business owners is that, again, they just are, they're focused on their craft. They're not necessarily in, you know, hands in, you know, the mud in their marketing. And I think business owners do have to kind of grow and get out of their comfort zone. Because the the small businesses I've seen be successful, their owners live and breathe the marketing too. And so it's just, just like we tell people in other areas of their life to get out of their comfort zone. You have to do that with your marketing to be successful as well.
4: Yeah. Is it, do you think that is because they don't necessarily listen to or, or actually interact sometimes with their audience? Um, you know, they sort of reserve that for the salespeople. The salespeople are the ones talking to the audience. Um. But a lot of business owners that I work with don't necessarily, you know, I ask them, who's your audience? Do you have voice to the customer? You know, have you, have you had done surveys? And very few of them actually have talked to the customer and <laughs> a lot of them haven't even read their own reviews. And, you know, they're, they're humbled by the fact that this, that, you know, there's a gold mine in their reviews. There's a gold mine in those testimonials um, because that's the voice to the customer. That's the the language that, that you should be mirroring back, you know, to, to to the audience and speak like them. But I think there's this, this, uh, especially in the copywriting world, um, there's this expectation that they, they, they have to say it the perfect way or that they have to speak in this jargon or, you know, or that they have to use fancy sentences and it doesn't need to work that way. It can be a lot more authentic and real and, and plain English, conversational. Yeah. yeah
3: another problem i see is industries only look to the other people in their industries and they have this big problem of just copying what the other guys are doing and yeah. and that's just it just is such a problem when it comes to you know again that authentic, authenticity but just setting yourself apart And you you end up getting in these circles where you could jump from, I mean, I've seen it in real estate, you go to probably home builders and everything. And they've all, they're all doing things a certain way, but it's just because that's the way we've always done it. That's the way the other realtors do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, there's certain questions that we ask when we're just getting to know a business owner that kind of, that, that, that are strategic, but really kind of in, in like the get into their mindset of like, why are you doing this particular business? You know, what's your, what's your real, and sometimes it's like, oh, my dad started this business and it's all I know how to do. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times it's like, hey, I got into this because I saw there was this big old hole, things weren't being done right or whatever it was. So they really have kind of a cause or a purpose that, that sort of got them going in the first place. Um, So those kinds of things can really help to sort of help keep them in line with who they are instead of who their competitors are. That's you. That's what you're trying to do. Stay there instead of trying to, you know, look like the Joneses or whatever.
0: Well, all I can say is I wish I'd met you guys ten years ago because I've made every single mistake you <laughs> talking about, and some of them took me a long time to realize.
3: Well, so, haven't we yeah. all? <laughs>
2: yeah, and and I think that's a, a really good point, Jane. And you know, nothing to nothing to be ashamed of because I think we we were all there, and we still are in many ways. We're all learning every day is a new a new day, and there's always something new that comes up. But um, I think to One of the problems i see is that uh, my clients don't they always say can i skip the strategy part and just get to work Mm. and you know so so there is a bit of just having to educate them like even talking about marketing as a system a lot of them read it and they go i don't care about that well you know they need to and so part of our job too is trying to help them understand why why is that so important why does it work as a system? And, you know, you, you they'll know eventually from what's worked and what hasn't. So it does resonate and there comes a time when it goes, you have that aha moment and you think, oh, I, okay, I get it. I get this all fits together. Um, just doing one little thing, uh, you know, if you're just constantly sweeping your house, but you don't, you know, clean your, your sinks or something, it, it's not going to magically just happen. You've got to, you've got to do the whole thing. Uh, and there's different components and parts to that. And I think that's just something we're really trying to get our, our clients to understand because that's what really makes it work. And, um, it takes a while to get there.
1: Can you imagine being a small business owner without all the time to figure this stuff out and you go, okay, I need a website or I need this, or I need that. (laughs) And you go running out (laughs) there because that's what you thought of. So you find someone who does a website and they don't know, doodly about the whole rest of the picture, the system, any of that. So they'll, sure, they'll charge you 5000 or whatever it is to put something together that's not going yeah. to do the right things for you. So actually even just knowing that there's this kind of higher level and maybe higher level of help, I think can be very helpful because so many just go out and buy on tactics and end up with just a big mess of stuff that doesn't work cohesively.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people say, I'll, I'll get the calls and people will say, I'm calling you because I need social media. And oh, then yeah. as I start to explore <laughs> that a little bit more, I'll say, well, tell me why you're, you know, why you think you need social media. And it isn't social media that they need at all actually, but they don't know what to call it. And so they're, they're hanging on some buzzwords, SEO, social media, things like that. Right. And then once we really have a discovery talk with them and just really kind of connect a little bit more, we realize, ah, okay, I see. And what you really need. And then we could help them because we can really decipher what that, what that is and what they mean. Um, but that's just what they, the words that they know, the buzzwords that they hear,
0: you know, right now out there. Yeah. And it's really interesting listening to all of you because your challenges are very similar to mine as a business coach. Like people will call me up and say, well, I think I like, I need a website, need a new website or need new branding and they don't even know what that means, (laughs) but I need a new brand. I need a new look. It's just been there static, not doing anything for five years. And I need something and they'll come to me and then what they don't realize because of what you were talking about, Michael, is they're copying other people in their industry. And what they don't realize is all the invisible aspects of marketing that you can't see above the surface. You don't see the system necessarily all there. It's all those invisible pieces that hang together and make a coherent system that really works. And so it's really refreshing to hear you all talk because I'm like, yeah, I'm with you guys (laughs) there, totally. So walk me back in time because what I want to know is like pre-COVID, so maybe the end of last year, it may be very early this year. Like what was working in marketing for small business owners?
3: Well, I might be the outlier here, but I'm always of the mindset that there's going to be trends, yep. but I think there's things that always stay consistent, you know, and I think it's things we've already been talking about. You know, it's an authentic message, you know, getting that out in front of people in the right place, the right time. Um, So I'd argue that, yeah, things haven't maybe changed so much. So we should try to be consistent, um, look long-term with your marketing and don't get stuck in, uh, you know, fads.
0: Okay. Thank you, Michael. Uh,
4: I think one of the things is that people have a new appreciation maybe for marketing and for the digital world. Um, I, I know that clients that before and after, um, they sort of take it as, as, uh, for granted. Um, and they didn't really necessarily think of it as an investment into their growth. They looked at it as something I could almost do without. Um, and, and I think the shift has been, they're realizing that marketing works, um, that I better get on board with it and I better do it fast. Um, and, and you know, and if they find someone like this group here who has a system and a process for creating marketing systems for small businesses, um, you suddenly find yourself a lot busier than you were ever before. Actually. I mean, I'm super busy right now with people just going, I need help because I need it. I need to figure this out fast. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm having the same experience. Um, You know, I mean, I think, looking at what worked before, it's all the things that we've talked about and really the whole marketing as a system and just connecting with customers and, and listening and you know everything we've, we've already mentioned. But I've, I've seen just some things change and maybe this is not the time to talk about it, but I think it probably is because what we did uh, before is still a lot of what we're doing now. I just think that the conversation has changed slightly, and and the way in which we're able to to do it and execute it um, with you know social distancing or not being able to be face to face or in my industry being within a home of a person um, you know when there's a, a lockdown or or people are, are afraid um, of of strangers being inside. So I think we've just had to find a, a way to really be quite practical uh, about what we're able to do. And more than ever, what I see is that clients are more appreciative as Myrna said, but I think too that people, their customers and everything are seeing that the world is different. And I think it's going to stay different for for a while. And before we weren't having great success with, with virtual. Uh, for example, even virtual, my, my clients have virtual customer meetings and virtual consultations. And, and so do all of us as small business owners. Um, but that actually works well and a lot of clients, they actually like it better too. So when it can be done and you think about how can you just uh, do do the same things, but find new ways to do them and make them effective. And I think like for home remodeling, for example, how do you do a consultation, um, you know, virtually, well, now we have 3D plans and renderings that can be created quickly that you can show people um, on the call and say, so we're thinking something like this, uh, after we've gathered the needs, or then they can say, yes, that's what we want. Okay, we can work that up for you. And that doesn't mean that you have to be in someone's house to do it, for example. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that we're just finessing, I would say, and how we're doing them (laughs) these days from from how we did before pre-COVID.
1: Yeah, an interesting one, we work with a, a restaurant, actually sort of a kind of a high-end bar in North Carolina, which is an interesting situation in itself, because a bar has to be a membership there. Anyways, kind of a side note, but they, they were doing great. Word of mouth was killing it. They're very unique, um, you know, bar. And when COVID hit, I mean, there's, they can't operate at all. And they, they figured out, and we helped them put this into play really quickly, that they could sell um, sort of like drink kits. So you could go, you could drive by and get a drink kit and take it home and make the same, well, you know, close to the same stuff that you would get. I mean, they had ice, they had this exact cherries they had, they would give you a whole kit for like eight drinks or whatever. And it was pretty darn affordable. They were blowing those out like crazy. It had kept at least a few people employed and, and, you know, actively working in the business, super creative and smart, you know, so that so some businesses, you know, some, not a big deal others holy complete change in how they had to operate and you know the creative ones are making it mm.
0: Yeah, and it's true. I mean, there's, we've, we've seen so much innovation, I feel, during this time. And one of the things, obviously, we're sacred change makers. So we think about change. We take a stand for change. And pre-COVID, change could take years <laughs> for people to implement. And suddenly COVID comes along. And then I've got some clients that were on like a three-year plan to turn something virtual. And it happened within like three to four weeks. They, they came out they did it. And I'm like, wow, this thing that the board was saying they couldn't do for three years has been done in like the same amount of weeks. Well, I think that's quite incredible. I really yeah. do. Yeah. So where are we now in terms of marketing? Because I mean, you talked a little bit in the intro about, you know, when this first hit, I mean, Myrna, I think it was you who talked about like suddenly brands you hadn't heard about for years were suddenly showing <laughs> how much they cared about you so I mean what are the mistakes that you've seen during this time and what's it important for people to know uh,
4: one of the things for for my clients has certainly been that you can't go business as usual um you know it it was it was very eye-opening we did uh I I work for a uh, a uh, She's a therapist leader in trauma and attachment. And uh, we were in the middle of uh, a huge six-figure launch right as all the lockdown started. And it was a high-ticket, eight-week course, you know, almost $1,000. And for therapists, that's a huge, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, We had to be very nimble. And what would, you know, what worked was being flexible as a team to understand mm-hmm. that you know you we ha- we had to send out different messaging we couldn't do business as usual um, what was an offer we had to come up with flexible payment options right and that was that was on the fly we had to message on the fly we you you can't ignore the elephant in the room mm-hmm. but you also can't be awkward about it when I say awkward your messaging can't be like the same as everybody else's, you know? It has to be appropriate to your audience. It has to be appropriate to the thing that you're trying to market or the business that you're trying to market. and, and it has to feel real. It has to feel, we keep coming back to that whole idea mm. of authenticity. Um, but it has to be in their language and, and they, people can tell you and they will call you out on something that's not authentic. And, you know, we even had our audience going, why are you selling so much right in the middle of COVID? And we're like, cause this has been in the works for a year, you know? Um, and, and, you know, you can could, you could salvage the, the marketing campaign, certainly, by doing that. But, but again, it, it all comes down to messaging and, and being able to use the technology and the tools that you have in a, in a, and deploy something extremely rapidly.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think mindset's important. You know, some people, typically not a good business owner, but some people kind of allow themselves to sort of get defeated. or Oh, that, the, that way didn't work, so now we're stuck. Right, And, you know, that just that we will overcome. There's a way to do it. Use a tool, f- talk to a friend, whatever. I mean, I got but my, my wife, Brenda, whose mom is pretty old school. They get on, you know, FaceTimes all the time now. You know, that, that we could not get her to do one of those a few months ago. So I think just accepting and, you know, being a little bit progressive in technologies and ways of doing things, uh, you know, one way or another, you can you can deliver value to people. There's so many options, you know, so so be open to it and get creative, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so have you noticed any changes in customer expectations when your clients come to you? Because Andrea, you talked about the fact that things haven't changed so much, but the conversation has changed. Yes, Uh, I think,
2: you know, well, to answer your questions on both parts, the first answer is, Yes, I, I have seen uh, changes that have been a result of the COVID pandemic, and I have seen that these are probably going to be things that we're going to implement as we go forward and hopefully get out of the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's so interesting in my in my industry with home remodeling, we think about it, we're all affected. We are all spending so much more time at home mm-hmm. using and putting wear and tear on our homes. And having to live in our homes in a very different way than we used to, you know, our homes now have to be our offices. They, they have to be, um, they have to be rooms for homeschooling there. Everybody's in the house, you know, there's meals being cooked every day that not everybody's going out anymore. And so part of that is for us is how did we address that conversation for clients uh, who are now getting very antsy there. They're, um, I, I would say there's a sense of impatience and people wanting to make changes quickly. Um, and more quickly than normal, uh, they're seeing that you know something's not working. Like my kitchen's not big enough, or I only have, uh, I don't have enough ca- uh, cabinets for all of my my groceries because I'm I'm having to to cook more in, at home. And so they're wanting to make changes really quickly once they identify what's not working for them. And because they are home, they're now so much more aware of that environment that they're instantly wanting those changes and so we're finding that by making small changes uh, but practical changes um, the things we can do in, in in phases for example not do a giant remodel at once we might put it into three different little projects so that they can see results and they won't feel antsy and they'll feel a sense of that accomplishment and And they'll love where they live instead of looking at it every day and going, I hate my house. Um, So, so it's, it's a lot about making people feel well in their own environments and how we can help. And now we have to also come to the table with a full solution, Um, meaning that We can't let them worry about their lighting and all of the the pieces of our remodeling puzzle. We've got to present everything to them as a cohesive plan with little 3D renderings to make sure we're all aligned with what's going on all the way through the construction. And even if it's just a little job, think about how our outdoor space is now our sacred space. Um, just this being out in nature, just being out in your backyard, having a nice space out there where you can relax with your family and not being stuck inside has been just a salvation to to everybody when we 're when we 're under lockdown and i 'm here in California in the Bay Area, and we are still uh we 're pretty shut down still in many many ways, so for us um, it 's even more important people are making better use of their yards they 're adding Uh, giant windows in their house to look upon the nature outside and bringing that outdoors in and so there's really a whole movement i think that this has created and a different way that people are living Um, and i think that's gonna gonna be here uh, in the future and that will that will stay because we have a different appreciation of how that all is working now
4: Mm
0: -hmm. it's It's really interesting interesting.
1: never goes back to what it was or i think a lot of businesses realize we may not even really need this office and we may not need to shuttle yeah. across yeah. the country in airplanes all the time. I and mean, there's, there's probably a, a lot of time and money that could be saved there. And if, if the economy gets back to fully rocking, I think the money that could be invested in other things could be really interesting, yeah. you know, yeah. of the stuff that we kind of accepted in the past is just a cost of doing business
0: yeah and it's really interesting listening to you all talk because you know for me i feel there's been a sense now and i feel this in my client base as well where it's almost like even the word authentic has a different meaning now a more nuanced meaning than it did pre-covid to me it's almost like we're we're each sitting back and reflecting on our life and working out How do we want to live? How do we want to live in our homes? Like you're talking about, Andrea, you know, like, what is it that we want to do? What does it mean, you know, for me to be human in my life? And what does it mean for me to be authentic? And what is that? And it's almost like we've had some big mindset shifts about virtual, about authenticity and about, see, I, I kind of come out and I go, well, is this us considering the world we want to create? like the future we want as humans. Do you see that parallel uh, with yeah, your client base? I, th- I think it's, it's really all about connecting.
2: And it always has been. Mm. So whether we connect over FaceTime or Zoom um, versus face to face, I think we'll take what we can get when we can get it. And if it's working and we're able to do it, it sure is better than being isolated and alone. You know. Right. I, And we're still trying to bring people together, I think. I mean, one of the the big shifts I've also seen are people building little mother-in-law units. Um, There's a lot of work right now that we're doing for um, people who want to bring their families closer. For example, a lot of aging parents are in assisted living facilities, and they can't go visit them. They're alone. They're stuck. It's isolating. So many people now are, are choosing to build a small unit attached or in their backyard or something to bring those people back. So it is really about fostering that connection and um, finding there's so many ways in which to do it. And I think we're all looking deeper on how to do that because at the end of the day, it is all about those connections. And I, I, I know for me personally, it's, it's incredibly important to be around the people that I love and respect. It's
1: hmm. not such a marketing thing, but I thought one of the cool sort of side effects of the lockdown is when you started to hear about, hey, we, we saw a coyote on the beach in San Francisco for the first time <laughs> in you know, 100 yeah. years or, or, hey, wow, there was like uh, 20,000 manatees rays over here in the ocean or whatever, you know, because people kind of chilled out and let things happen for a minute. It was, yeah. it was really cool to see if things kind of... You know, Mother Nature just keeps trucking.
2: Right. (laughs) Thank goodness, too, because it's amazing out there. I think we're all having more time to look at some of those things and and really, you know, start to enjoy that more deeply. Yeah. So
3: I'm an optimist. And despite everything going on, I mean, I think there's going to be some real positives that come from this. I mean, just the fact that we're all now communicating this way. I think we're going to see a shift in the workplace from everyone commuting into cities to wow, we didn't realize we could you know, run a business remotely that's gonna free up traffic, solve maybe some of our pollution issues. Um, and from a consumer and business side of things, I think it's going to you know, accelerate kind of some of the technology that I think can customers were already maybe wanting. Like, um, hey, can I pay for this online? Can I, can I do a Zoom call? Uh, can I sign? Like that's, these are things that yes. still, you know, even like pre COVID that were irritating when you deal with the business that couldn't sign something for, you know, was trying to mail you things to sign. And it's like, what, what you haven't caught up yet. So those are all having to be accelerated. And I think that's a good thing from a customer standpoint.
4: Yeah. I, I think the, the most interesting thing that that's changed, um, or the industry that changes in education, Um, you you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's fascinating to watch how schools, uh, you know, from, from preschool all the way through college and, and adult learning has had to shift and and adapt more quickly, probably than any other industry. Um, You know, anything that was in person. So, you know, it becomes virtual, virtual summits, virtual, um, you know, weekends of learning that, that used to uh, all happen in person in those connections, people are still finding ways to, to connect and, and to get the work done together, surprisingly. And, and it's really interesting to me how um, the learning aspect, especially in education, has, has shifted dramatically and the most quickly. Um, And that's, that's the one area that you never would have, you know, virtual learning for, for a, seven year old is is so different mm. yeah we're usually we're usually telling everybody to that the kids to get <laughs> off of the digital and now we have to chain them to the digital all day and so you, you wonder where that's gonna end up you know down the line as far as attention spans as far as you know what you actually absorb uh lessons that you know one of my our, our granddaughter is complaining uh, is is doing virtual learning and and our our my stepdaughter is complaining about how uh, you know, the the lessons only take like an hour and a half, two hours, and then what do they do the rest of the day? So that's a really big shift in, in the dynamics of a
0: family as well. Yeah, it is. And I can honestly say I've never been so happy to have my youngest child 19. <laughs> because how you manage working at home with kids and toddlers and babies, I, I have agreed. no idea. And I feel for, and, and so I'm going to be very sexist here, because I think a lot of this falls to women in homes and I think how can you be a working mom and run your own business and have your children and homeschool them and like I don't know it's I think it's challenging as hell (laughs) to do that so yeah uh, it's it's definitely affected a couple of my
4: clients who who uh the the mom ended up leaving the business to be able to homeschool and deal with because their their childcare fell through and um, yeah it's yeah. definitely affecting our timelines and our work together but it's it does fall uh, i think on on the women quite a bit and and it's um, it's going to affect i think it's going to have a long term effect on careers and and um, the the way that that women are perceived and and, and
0: earning potential as well yeah So I want to talk to you guys about something that's really important to us at Sacred Changemakers, which is being a force for good in the world, which is not just like working with your clients so that they get the changes that they've come to you for and that they're paying you for, but for opening a conversation about what does the world need from you? Like, is there any way that, for example, as you guys as marketers could help further that conversation towards a better world. I mean, what do you say to that? Is that something that's in your ethic base? Or, or is it something you're not even aware of? I'd love to know.
2: Oh, no, I mean, I'm very aware of it. And I, I I think as marketers, um, you know, first, I had to really ponder that whole question, um, not out of Personal ethics not aligning with my business practice, because I guess for me it was just such a natural answer that i i wouldn't even consider uh, working against you know the the, the greater good or taking right. on a client that was trying to do something funny or um, you know i wouldn't be able to promote a, a product or service that that I personally couldn't get behind and and I think that's part of what drives me as a marketer and helping my clients so so really I think even as marketers it starts for me with me personally Mm -hmm. and being a citizen of the earth I know that might sound cheesy but I really feel like I'm part of this planet and I have to look at what I can do it starts with me that action and um, some of that may not align with my clients. In fact, it, it, it still doesn't. And I'm sad about that. Um, you know, we, we have a lot more opportunities for green building and for reuse of materials and things like that, that are starting now uh, more in earnest uh, and as practical solutions, as I said before, but um, not enough yet. So I look at what I can influence and of course, if I can share some things I know and we can educate and through some of our industry associations, uh, there's a lot of sharing. Sharing is caring, as we say, um, because people can learn more uh, about things that they didn't even know about, you know, techniques and, hey, you, you could have recycled that or someone might have reused it. And there's companies now that, that will pick up the old kitchen cabinets, for example, and, and repurpose them or resell them or reuse them somehow. It's not about just throwing it in the, in the dump anymore. So- I guess for me, I look at that holistically and more as a person and figure out how I can affect the good for myself. And then if I can share any of that in any way, it, it resonates with somebody great. Um, and I just go by my own ethics.
1: I guess for me, you know, I feel like I'm helping employ people you know, mm-hmm. and helping little families flourish and that kind of thing. And you know, for me, it's not so much, you know, I guess, if I was helping some big business, it'd still be true, but it didn't feel like that to me when I was doing that, you know, okay. I direct, you know, supportive, knowing, hey, you know, I think our big, biggest client has maybe like 40 employees or something, you know, so helping helping them yeah. flourish and survive through these times or really any times and stuff, I mean, to me, that's, you know, it just, it feels good to, to do that and to make an impact. So we, we try to just help as many as we can and that 's kind of for us where the system comes into place is how can we make things very efficient and streamlined so so we don 't just have four or five clients but maybe quite a few and you know that's that to me it makes me feel better to help more people in that way you know? mm-hmm. so that's
0: I yeah and you talk about that there 's a really important link between helping like people in your local community at a grassroots level and how that then amplifies out because when I think about you guys and what you do. I think of you as like the great amplifiers in a way like if you take on a client and it's, it's, it's a bad product or program or whatever, but you, you do your marketing well, you'll amplify the bad just as much as you will amplify the good, right? You know, very true. we
2: could, but yeah, there's no, 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 no doubt. Don't want to do that.
0: (laughs) I I think it's,
4: it's, it's a lot like what Andrea and Justin are saying. Uh, It's, really knowing what it is that you stand for as a marketer right and and making sure that any client that you bring on um is a good fit in terms of your ethics your um uh, one, one of the things that that i speak a lot with my clients is that it's about transparency uh you know it's transparency into your business you have transparency into my process you you, you have, we both have transparency into our goals what we're trying to do i don't i don't ever want to be this this marketer who's like hiding, you know, and, and no offense to Michael, but in, in your world of SEO, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, who yeah. you know, are scamming people and you don't know what they're doing. They hide the, in, in the websites, they hide the SEO. Um, they're doing things that are very shady and uh, we're very transparent. We tell them exactly what we're doing bring them along the way we're showing them everything you know they have access to all their assets they have access to their websites they have access to to information it it shouldn't be a secret it's much more my responsibility to educate and bring people along i said i even tell my clients you know ultimately i'm going to get myself out of a job if i teach you how to do all this stuff yourself but that's okay because you know you're doing it right then and and so my my responsibility is is communication, support, partnership, and not um, not just to take you know their money and and go. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it, let let's be real. You know, it is about making money. And whether you're an artist or a corporation, you should have the opportunity to make money. And like Justin says, I I, I really am proud of the fact that during COVID, I helped keep businesses you know, alive and keep yeah. people employed. And that was, you know, I'm very proud of that. And I think that's just an, an awesome reward that comes out of this, that the system works
0: and that we did the right thing for people.
2: Hmm. Absolutely.
0: Right on, Myrna. Yeah. Michael, do you want to speak to what Myrna said? Cause I, I, I wanted to jump into your defense at one point. I thought, shall I say we don't need no, Michael. It's not Michael. It's no Michael's defense needed. Industry. I will,
3: uh, agree with that the search engine optimization world definitely has a lot of uh jokers and i think uh you know i wanted to be in a sense a force for good um to to not do things um the way that maybe uh some of my colleagues or other companies might be might be doing things um but business owners have often you know um maybe fallen prey to some SEO companies and whatnot and um, I think as marketers we just need to realize that we do have a great you know power we have great power to transform businesses which creates jobs changes communities Um, and just touching sort of on that search engine optimization note um, and a little bit of a tangent so Google actually posted um, one or two blogs just in the last week or two And something that they noted was uh, almost as a footnote was that the, some of the most authoritative websites and I'm paraphrasing are actually putting out misinformation. Now they didn't say what Google as you know, the algorithm is going to do differently to try to sway that, but you can tell that even Google has realized that that people, And obviously, they knew a lot beforehand of the, you know, shady tactics. But now they're even seeing this with maybe some uh, websites, brands, uh, blogs that maybe were originally considered, you know, respected and authoritative. It'll be interesting to see how they combat that and what, what they're going to do. So,
0: yeah. And you're speaking there to something that I think is, you know, is one of the big challenges of us all being so online is that, you know, when we don't even know which sources of information we can trust these days, there's so much information circulating, it's sometimes hard to know where to go to get the information or the news that you want, or even if you've heard something, whether it's, true or not there's so much cynicism i think and i think this is true i mean you guys must be aware of this because you must be dealing with this on a daily basis for your clients is how to cut through that noise that false news and as you were saying be authentic (laughs) well i think it's always there
2: and you know worse now maybe than than before and also because we're in the middle of a presidential election in the u.s um but the one thing, I mean, I think truth is key, right? And, and truth is a lot based on trust. And we have relationships with our clients too that are based on trust. So you know the sources that you can go to uh, mm-hmm. for that because it's about building that relationship. You know, uh, yeah. one of the things besides, you know, my personal ethics, I guess, is something that's just being a good partner. And I want a client and a customer that's also a good partner back so that we can work together. And I think through that, you know, I mean, it sounds easy. It's not always that easy, but you build that trust and partnership and then you kind of know where you can get your news and what you can rely on as being true. And, you know, that's how we avoid some of the dishonest, uh, media or, or informational outlets that are out there now. And, Mm. um, You know, it's hard to avoid. I mean, our government can't even figure it out. But I think we can we can try to do the best we can in in small
0: ways anyway. Right. Justin, I'd love you to speak to and before we started recording, you mentioned a little bit about freedom and and your link to like how you personally are kind of coming through this and this COVID and and what it means to you to be a marketer at this time. And I'd love you to speak to that because you said some really interesting Points.
1: Well, I'll, give it, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of preparing, just mentally kind of thinking about things in relation to this, it kind of it reminded me of something that struck me a few times over the years. And that when I first saw a personal computer and kind of learned about what it could do, there was like this kind of freedom thing that sort of rang through me like, wow, this is really cool. This is powerful what someone could do here. And then as things evolved, you know, then it was the graphical UI. You didn't know, you didn't have to know how to code. And then it was like the internet. And then it was social media and cloud computing and all these things. Really, what what kind of drew me in and kept me interested was the fact that really, and I didn't know where things were going to go, but each level has released a level of freedom, really. And if it's your choice to sort of take advantage of it or not or use it, but I think, in a way, COVID sort of could push a lot of folks into that ability to have at least more geographic freedom. I mean, like right now, New York is sort of draining. There's, I think, rents are like thirty to fifty percent down because everybody's like, "We're out," right? So, so. The, but that's a neat thing. I mean, not that I want New York to die, but it's a neat thing that people have that freedom and that ability to maybe be in a different location, or you know, sort of tailor their lifestyle to be you know, whatever they might want it to be. And we all really have that power now. And, and in the past, we really didn't. I mean, you know, in the, when I was growing up, it's like, you got a job nine times out of 10. Um, so so I, I, I just love that part of it. And, you know, kind of marketing plays into that and the fact that it can help, um, you know, help actually put freedom into your life. Like if you get your marketing right, no matter what it is you do, you'll have enough business that, you can, you know, basically be where you want to be and kind of uh, work through things in a really authentic way that was not always available in the past. So that's like the stuff that makes me really excited about life in this world. Although we see all the, you know, things that bother us and negatives, there are some really big positives, I I think, that are are really exciting. And I I would like to see more people kind of take advantage and see how they could make their life to be just you know super cool right you, know, go for it. you can do it you know and that does tie into you know we just moved recently to part of Vallarta in the middle of all this and in, in uh, on Julio Uno which is July 1 we, we moved here and that was all you know we worked for 10 years to basically make sure that our business was solid and wasn't tied to a particular location and you know we're just you know, really grateful and loving that that process.
4: Mm. It, 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 uh, I was just going to add, I'm sorry, uh, it, it, I was going to add, it, 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 I, I heard this the other day, is is, so many of us, uh, especially as entrepreneurs, are building a business that was supposed to give us freedom. Like, why do we start this business? And then so many of us create a business that ends up being um, the same thing as, as, as a job, as a corporate yeah. job. Yeah. And, um, and, and I know that COVID has helped me think about that in a different way and going, what is it that I really want this business to evolve into? What is it that I want for my clients' businesses? And um, and how do I restructure things in such a way or, or offer diff- things differently so that I'm not Um, stuck working in a business that I'm really starting to hate, you know, and and there are times when, you know, you get really busy and you start to hate your business and you start to resent it and it becomes like, and the only person I've been playing then is myself, not (laughs) anybody else. So um, freedom from, in, in business to me means that you have a choice to reset if you need to, you know, and I, and I think that's one of the things that COVID has helped a lot of us reset to what's really important in life, and and just like you, Justin, you know, you, we're we're considering. We just bought a trailer, so we're going. We're we're experimenting with you know working yeah. on the road and seeing how that's going to work out for us. So that you know we can now see my our kids. Our kids are scattered all over the country. We can't see them right now. So what's important, and and um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's about setting boundaries too, so that you can have freedom. Yeah. yeah.
3: Freedom is one of my uh, business values, and uh, definitely most business owners go into creating a business because they want that freedom. Um, I think we as marketers, you know, have that ability. I always say to transform businesses and transform lives, and I think with COVID and the circumstances, we're gonna see that work work environment uh, can be you know, is going to be radically transformed. And I think we're going to see that you can get, you can work remotely. And I think employers are going to also see that, Hey, our employees can actually get a lot done in less than eight hours. So I think we are going to actually see a shift away from this traditional 40 hour week. It's going to be something to the effect of, you can work remotely if you want. And as long as you get your work done, um, And I think we're going to see a lot of that, which again is going to create, and we're going to see that freedom side of thing on the employee side of thing. And hopefully us as marketers can create freedom for uh, businesses that we're working with.
4: Mm. Yeah. I
1: hope it goes that way, Michael.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm afraid
1: that some big businesses might find ways to track activity in what I would consider creepy ways. So I encourage people to do your own thing and not get stuck (laughs) in that situation.
0: Yeah. Absolutely agree. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Well, guys, I'm noticing the time here. So I'm, I'm going to bring our conversation to a close. And as we do that, I would just love to ask each of you, you know, if there's anything you wish we'd got to today, anything you want to share with our audience, what might it be? Um, well, uh, while it's still fresh, you know, we just lost
2: an icon in Ruth Bader Ginsburg and... Uh, She had left a profound impression on me, just as a -hmm. a human and individual, and I admire her greatly. So, I thought maybe I would share um, some words from the notorious RBG. Um, (laughs) She said, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. And I will try to aspire
0: to that. Oh, lovely. Thank you, (laughs) Andrea.
3: That's a tough one to follow. I will kind of touch back on, we've mentioned this idea of the system and marketing as a system. And I would just kind of sum that up to um, maybe the average person listening that uh, obviously I'm a search engine optimization guy, but really when it comes down to it, I just like the other marketers on this call um, believe that everything you're doing in your business is, is affecting your marketing and each one of them plays a role with affecting the other. And that's really what I think the audience needs to know that your word of mouth affects the reviews you get online, which affects your, you know, search engine rankings, they all play a role and affect one another. And a lot of businesses, brands, they have kind of these things segmented, you know, they've got their web guy, they've maybe got a whole other team doing SEO, they got their PR department and none of them are communicating. Um, you got to start tying all those things together because they all uh, speak to one another. They all connect and they all have an impact on one another.
0: Thank you, Michael.
4: So for me, uh, you know, my, my biggest piece of, of wisdom might be that um, to, to continue to listen to your audience, um, really understand them, talk to them, empathize with them, know what, what their problems are. Um, too many marketers or too many business owners um we're just moving so fast and and we are focused on the system we are focused on the the results and all of the things but at the end of the day um if you're not understanding who you're selling to or who you're talking to or, or providing a service for um you really can't change the world because you don't sit and think about what it is that that's how did they even get there to where they are today? Why do they have this problem? Um, it's really about listening and finding the empathy so that you can connect that why of what you do to the what's in it for me that the customer has, and then wrap that all up in a nice story and, and you've got marketing that works.
0: <laughs> Thank you, man.
1: Yes. I would encourage people to have the guts to ask themselves the, the, I don't know if they're tough questions, the the questions that maybe you're not used to asking yourself and figure out like, what is the thing or a way, I mean, maybe you love your life, but maybe there's a way you could tweak things. Maybe you need to really change things a lot, but I would encourage you to really ask yourself that, you don't get to do this twice. You'll find yourself on your deathbed at some point and you're probably gonna have a few regrets. So why, you know, try and avoid that, you know? do those ask yourself those tough things and go for it and figure out how how what you love to do the most aligns with helping the most people and if you do that and it it, and it's a valuable way to help people that they that they value there's a way to market it and be you and be successful with it. so don't be afraid
0: thank you justin Okay, guys. Well, just a huge heartfelt thank you to each of you. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I know that our listeners will have got so many insights from you guys sharing your genius. So thank you so much for coming today.
1: Thanks, Jane. Thank you.
0: Okay, guys. Well, what did you think? Remember that the purpose of a podcast like this is not just to make you think, it's actually to get you to take some action. Yes, this means you need to do something differently to get a different result. So before you turn this off and get back to your day, take a moment, just write down two or, key th- two or three key things or insights, maybe they're action items, I don't know, things that you can implement today that will make a meaningful difference for you in your life or in your business. Knowledge is not power, it's only potential power. What truly makes an impact is when you move into action. So ask yourself, what do you feel inspired to do after today's conversation? And let me remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com and our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally and together we're making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals all visible on our website. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the work you do to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.